On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with David Ratchford, Navy Dave, a yoga instructor, founder of Combat Mat. David, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, it's great to be on the show with you. So let's talk about yoga here. Um, we can discuss, to start, its benefits. Why should people try this out? Well, there's a ton of literature, um, scientific research going on. Um, number one, you'll see a lot of talk about yoga benefiting veterans, especially now um, as we're having real conversations about PTSD, depression, uh, and of course, everyone's familiar with the abhorrent, horrible rate of veteran suicides. Uh, and so there are a lot of uh, studies going into look at how yoga benefits the stress response. Because if you think about what PTSD is and what our modern attention um, economy is, is our attention is getting pulled out of us at a very high rate. And we've forgotten, especially in the case of um, traumatic stress, how to get back into our body and calm ourselves. And um, so one of the benefits of yoga is really the ability to calm yourself using a few key tools that can work really quick and provide a reset to your system. The sense uh, of calm that, that you're talking about here, I'd really, really like to focus on that in this episode. Could you dive a little bit deeper on that topic? Yeah. Um, so the stress response, we call it the fight or flight response. And if you've ever been in a, a situation where um, you experience adrenaline, you know, maybe you've been in a near miss of an accident um, and or even like children when they get upset, what's the first thing that you that you see somebody who's rushing to their aid do, you know, they calm them, hold them and say, take some deep breaths. And if you can take the breath, shift it from like the panic, the chest breathing, like, like <gasps> up in your chest, up in your throat, and then bring it through the nose, there's actually a nerve that runs from the brain to the stomach called the, um, I'm, I'm blanking on it, the vagus nerve, V-A-G-U-S, the vagus nerve, and breathing through the nose soothes that nerve. And when that, new, that nerve becomes calm, then the adrenaline, the fight or flight response can be turned off. Um, some other benefits of that and using that mechanism of breath to uh, help yourself calm down is, um, have you heard of the stress hormone cortisol? Yeah. Yeah, so the stress hormone cortisol um, tells the body and, and tells the, um, is released in the brain and it, and it tells the, uh, the body to, again, go into that fight or flight mode. So if you have a high stress job and you wonder why you can't lose weight um, or especially the belly fat, Perhaps it's the stress that's causing your body to say, hey, hold on to the, these excess calories because you don't know when you're going to eat again next. So again, the practice of various breathing techniques, the focus techniques of using your eyes or what we call in yoga drishti to set your focus on a singular point and then using your breath to calm the nervous system. Those work together in, in, uh, in concert to help you be less reactive to what's going on around us and maintain like a strong, even frame. It's interesting. Uh, as you go around these days, you do see a lot of people trying out yoga. There's definitely a tr an upward trend of 
people trying this out. And maybe it's the timing. I don't know. Maybe yoga has always been this popular, but it's just now I think people are just overwhelmed. You're saying that the cortisol is skyrocketing and we need to find a way to control that, to, to tame that hormone. Is that correct? Yeah, I think there's, well, it's definitely been exploding in popularity and, and um, there are a number of reasons for it. Uh, one is because I think I, the number one one is because it works. Um, I have a friend, Dana Santos, who, who works with professional uh, athletic teams. And she told me uh, that there is not a single NFL, NBA, or excuse me, NBA, Major League Baseball or hockey team that does not employ um, a yoga mobility coach. So that means all of the professional sports have somebody on their staff, um, you know, not just a, a certified strength and conditioning coach, but someone who can help them tap into the mobility and the mindfulness of the movement. And so they're bringing in yoga to enhance and prolong their uh, their professional athletes' careers. Um, and it's pretty interesting. So I live in Santa Barbara, and one of the fun things that, that happens every year in Santa Barbara is Michael Jordan does a um, flight school out at UC Santa Barbara. And he brings in coaches and other professional athletes and all his buddies and, of course, a lot of kids. And that brings a lot of professional um, uh, basketball players to the town. And it usually, it actually happened about, two weeks ago. And then right about that time, we generally see a, a few of these athletes coming in who are doing some clinics, but also have it on their training protocol in their off season to come do some yoga. And so I've had a few um, NBA all-stars in classes and uh, it's kind of fun as I like sometimes have to roll out two mats for somebody who's <laughs> like seven feet, eight, <laughs> seven yeah. foot eight tall and stuff, but it's, it's pretty exciting. I can only imagine. Uh, you, you mentioned mobility, and I, I want to return to the topics of mobilization and stabilization because mm -hmm. I think they're very important for uh, yoga, uh, understanding yoga, a side that maybe people are not so used to, right? But let's, let's just touch upon the topic of controlling your breath, which is very interesting because, as you said, we tend to breathe in stressful situations or maybe all the time with the upper frame is that correct and then we we need to control it with the lower parts of our lungs right the diaphragm the diaphragm yeah and yeah, it, it, we need to be aware of that into the side body um and uh and lower ribs um yeah so in my teaching my teachers described um ideally what you have is a three-part breath and your breath starts um usually when you're breathing um in yoga there are different breathing techniques to, to elicit different um, states, if you will. Um, and I actually teach whole workshops on just breathing techniques to do what you want to do. But uh, in general, during most yoga classes, we breathe a, br a breath called victorious breath or ujjayi breath. And that's in and out through the nose. And like without thinking about it, we generally breathe right about in the middle of the chest. But if you take a really deep, slow breath, you start by pulling the breath, the diaphragm pulls down like a, an upside down parachute, allowing the lungs to inflate. And then when the belly gets full, then you breathe into your side body. <laughs> you'll feel your ribs expand. And then finally, as you top off, you'll, you'll feel your chest lift. 
And when you get completely full, it's like belly, sides, side ribs, and then chest. And, um, and then the same in, in reverse all the way down. And the general rule of thumb is that by extending the exhale or slowing or regulating the exhale, uh, that that helps calm the nervous system even more. Um, Mark Devine, who is a Navy SEAL, and I had him on my podcast a while back, um, he describes the pattern of box breathing, uh, which is also a pranayama technique. Pranayama means prana is life force. Yama means restraint or shaping. So like it's the active shaping of the breath. So in box breathing, you would have an inhale, pause, hold at the top, exhale, pause, hold at the bottom, and then inhale. And you might do it on like a four count. One, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four. And doing that for a few minutes, um, or even just a couple of cycles, can dramatically change your physiology to calm your nervous system down. And uh, that's how snipers, Navy SEALs use um, that type of breath to go from running really fast or doing whatever they need to do to calming their nervous system, focusing on their target. I just did it while you were instructing us. <laughs> it feels great. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting, uh, the topic of box breathing. And there has been talks about that recently on podcasts and YouTube because of the benefits, right? I mean, it's clear that controlling your breath is, is to your advantage. As you say, there are many reasons to use it. it, it you can apply this anywhere in your life. If you're going to give a big speech and start controlling your breath so you're calm and collected, confident, you know, if you've got to go talk to somebody, approach anxiety, if, you have to, if you're a sniper, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the, the applications are, are endless because yeah. we need to maintain calm. And people that are the eye of the storm are remarkable because everybody else is stressed, right? They stick out right. like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And there are other techniques too. Um, I'm not familiar exactly with Wim Hof's breath method, but um, a lot of, um, he, he's had a lot of popularity and, and uh, success in teaching his method of breathing for um, dealing with extreme cold. Uh, some people have used it to, um, as a technique to access what they say are different levels of consciousness or for again centering yourself and being calm before going on and doing a presentation in front of your you know um thousands of people at a public speaking event uh, but um my teacher explained to me that breathing is a superpower and when you can master your breath and you can master your emotions um i had an experience a couple years ago where i remember i something happened at work and <clears throat> my boss wanted to blame somebody. So I got called down into the office and, and I knew it was going to come and I knew he was hot headed. And so I sat down there and I exhaled and I saw his, his uh, breathing like get up into his chest and he was turning red and shaking and, and I was able to just maintain calm and maintain my frame and, Say, yep, that happened. <laughs> there you go. That's awareness. And, yeah, and uh, managed to keep my job at the time. So <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is great. I think listeners are going to get a lot of benefit, and, and they can do their own research 
when it comes to breathing and all the techniques that you mentioned. Let's move to stabilization and mobilization. What, what can you tell us about that in terms of the, you know, its usage in yoga? Yeah, so uh, first of all, yoga is a system. Um, and there are different, just like in any movement, um, there, there are different techniques to get different results. Um, and there are probably as many different styles of yoga and evolving styles of yoga as there are martial arts. So um, a question that comes up quite often is, what type of yoga should I do? And, the, and, and it's a really tough question to answer because I don't know without the context of what benefits are you seeking. Um, and in general, a, a well-designed yoga program um, is like brushing your teeth. So somebody asked me the other day, um, what is it that you enjoy about yoga? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's not that I always enjoy the practice, but I enjoy the benefits of the practice. Um, meaning that like, I don't enjoy necessarily brushing and flossing my teeth, but I like the benefits of having brushed and flossed teeth, knowing that I have confidence because my breath doesn't stink, knowing that I'm taking care of my, my teeth for my future uh, to prevent painful cavities and all of that other stuff. Um, so there are benefits to the practice of, of practicing yoga, just like there are in, in, in brushing your teeth. And like when you brush your teeth, a well-designed yoga practice doesn't just brush one tooth. Like you don't just brush the one that you know, has the flake of lettuce on it. You brush all of them because your mouth is a system and you brush your tongue and you go in between the teeth and all of that. Um, so likewise, yoga is a system that ideally is going to work your skin to the bone, your muscles and your tendons, all of the systems from your eyes to your respiratory system to your endocrine system. Now, the endocrine system is something that, you know, manages all of our hormones, you know, so like all of the glands that secrete testosterone, adrenaline, um, insulin, uh, we talked about cortisol, um, you know, for every gland that we have in our body, there's usually an associated hormone with it. And so ideally, a well-designed yoga practice is going to work all of that. Now, you ask specifically about mobility and, um, and what did you say? Um, stability, stability, right? Yeah, so a good yoga practice is going to make you stronger, stable, uh, yet also improve and increase your mobility. And it's generally done all with body weight, so gravity and time. And so you can make things as hard as possible. Some things are, are very hard for small motors like, um, like a handstand. If you've uh, ever tried to do a handstand, it takes a lot of practice. I don't always have it. Sometimes I just don't think it's um, like it's not my jam at the moment. So I'm not really actively working on handstands. But, you know, I go upside down because I want that the benefits of the circulation and draining, um, draining my feet and legs and all of that. Um, so that said, there's for, uh, for stability, any yoga pose like, um, that would be like a lunge, you know, you're creating stability in your hips and your quadriceps and your ankles. Um, another 
big component about yoga is you'll, you'll notice that there are a lot of poses that um, will be done on one leg. And uh, that's to create balance. And in balance, again, you're working on stability. And the benefits of having good balance uh, are definitely apparent the older you get. So like as we age, with the idea of aging gracefully, um, falls and broken hips are one of the most dangerous things that are facing older Americans. Uh, so working on our balance by standing on one leg and holding your arms out, um, that kind of thing helps create stability uh, from the toes all the way up to the top of the head. Um, then to create mobility, more static stretches, um, like a half pigeon stretch, um, those open up the hips. Um, and again, doing things where you're laying down and allowing time and gravity to do the work. Um, a practice that's really good in that department is called yin yoga, which is basically the opposite of power yoga. Uh, in yin yoga, um, the idea is that um, gravity and time do the work and you'll hold stretches for or soft static stretches. Um, you'll hold stretches for three to five minutes. And the, the challenge is that you want to keep them at a level where you feel sensation in your body and it's interesting, but not so much that it's agitating. So um, like on a scale of one to 10, somewhere between four and seven is like where you want to feel things. Um, so you can sustain it, not like fidget around in it, but it's, it's enough to be interesting. Like you can say, oh, I'm still feeling that in my hip or I'm still feeling that in my back or my hamstring or, or wherever you're supposed to feel it. And then what happens is over the course of about two minutes, the brain is finally able to get these messages from the muscles that, hey, nothing is under threat. You know, like now the muscle can relax, which then allows um, the muscle to soften, to loosen its grip on the tendons, and then you can improve your joint mobility um, by staying in these stretches for a little bit longer. And a good portion of our absolute mobility limits rests in the joints. So um, it's a great practice. I highly recommend it. Um, yin yoga completely changed my life um, in that I still lift weights. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'1", 225, and you know, I don't care about what I'm actually lifting, but um, you know, I lift weights because my body responds well to it. I want to maintain, maintain my muscle mass, and I like the aesthetics of it. But yin yoga helps me stay injury-free and pain-free when I'm doing weightlifting. So, Come to think of it, when people work out, they probably don't stretch as much as they should. And the benefits are clear, right, as all the things you mentioned in this episode. So listeners might want to go out and, and consider that. Just start slow and yeah. consider the fact that uh, you're preventing your, a lot of injury in the future. You're going to be building a lot of balance and strength, right? But you mentioned that you still work out. So how often do you lift weights compared to the yoga practice? Uh, right now, about one for one. So um, my weightlifting is three to four days a week, and my yoga is three to four days a week. Hmm. Okay. That's, yeah, that, and that's just where it is right now. I'm also swimming uh, seven days a week. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I made a challenge to myself. It, you know, like, like I said, I live at the beach. 
but um, you know, here's the first world problem. For, for 20 years I've lived in this town. The beach is literally a three minute uh, drive from my house and um, it's a lovely beach. And before a couple weeks ago, I'd been in the water maybe six, six times, like up to my, you know, covered, like besides ankle deep. And um, the other morning I was out with my dad um, on his birthday and we were fishing off the pier and I saw some people swim out to these buoys, which are about 200 yards off the, off the coast. And then they swam this whole line of buoys and then all the way back. And I, and I grew up as a swimmer and I thought, that's pretty cool. Um, I wonder if I can do that. I'm like, I know I can do it, but I haven't been swimming. So maybe I should just get in the water and start swimming. So about a week later, I called my wife up and I said, Hey, let's go to the beach. Um, and I said, I'm going swimming. Um, and she said, Oh no, I don't believe you. And I, I said, yes, watch. And, and I just ran in. Um, and, uh, and I set the goal to do it every day for four weeks. And right now I'm at about 23 days. So I've got about maybe five more days for this challenge. Um, and I'm not afraid of the water anymore. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's good because you're out of the house, you're moving, you're getting the water, things that yeah. people are not doing these days, right? Yeah. It's just a, a way to connect with nature. And, and, you know, now I've got real first world problems. Like I've got to go to the beach every day. <laughs> Okay, so, so David, on that note, why don't we close this episode with um, an introduction and any projects that you're currently involved in? Yeah, so um, basically my name, it, as, as we said, is David Ratchford, a.k.a. Navy Dave. Um, you can find me online everywhere at davidratchford.com or, or on YouTube, Yoga with Navy Dave. Um, I teach yoga and I sell a premium high-performance yoga mat which uh, is called combat mat. Um, there are a lot of different yoga mats on the market. This one is extra durable, uh, and it doesn't contain any of the stuff that some of the less expensive, less premium mats have. Like um, I made sure that there's no endocrine disrupting hormone or chemicals on it, you know, that will screw up um, your hormone levels by allowing phytoest or xenoestrogens into your, your, um, into your skin. Uh, it's super sticky, which like if you're a, a sweaty person and you sweat when you practice yoga, um, a stable sticky mat is a good thing to have. And, uh, it's designed a little bit wider for men's bodies, um, wider and longer than like the standard typical mats. And uh, yeah, so it's a tough mat, and that's something that I'm excited to uh, keep uh, keep in the marketplace. And part of the proceeds of of that go to um, support veteran yoga programs, and that can be found online at combatmat.com. Amazing, David. Thank you so much for coming on this interview. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. All right, take care. <laughs>